This is Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust. You're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 272 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got another great one because we've got Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust. I mean, fuck yeah, turn it up. That's right. Toxic Holocaust. Right. Finally getting some some thrash back here on this podcast. Exactly. Su- super happy uh, for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, if, if for some reason you're not familiar with Joel Grind... Then you suck. Yeah, you need to get yourself familiar if you're a fan of metal, because this guy's kind of doing it all for the past recent memory, but for the past 20 years, basically, is what he's been doing, Toxic Holocaust. Pretty much. But yeah, we're going to get into all that with him here in a bit, play some music. But first, got to let you know that we're sponsored by Sunset Tattoo, DEB Concerts, and Med Farm. Med Farms, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a huge selection. You can check it all out online at leafly.com. You can see all their specials that they're constantly running if you follow them on Facebook. That's Med Farm, P-H-A-R-M. Follow on Instagram as well at Med Farm OK. Their website is medfarmok.com. And if you tell them Thunder Underground sent you, or mention our name, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is really cool. And on top of all that, Cannabis with the Cause is their slogan because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Right. That means nearly a third of what you're spending is going to do that. You can also call them, text them to place your order, and just go straight to the drive-thru, which is very cool. Drive up, drive through, get your product, and get out. In this day and age, that's an easy and a good way to do stuff, and a lot of dispensaries don't offer that, so get over to MedFarm because they do. And, like I said, most pretty much every other dispensary isn't putting 30% of their proceeds towards a good cause like these guys are, so right. get over there and check out MedFarm and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Tattoo shop located right here in Tulsa, obviously, at 3146 East 15th Street, right there in Midtown. Give them a call or send them an email to set up a time that you can go in and talk to them about what work you want to get done. They've got over 25 years of experience, and you can see all of that experience and photos on their Facebook and on Instagram. So give them a follow and a like there so you can check all that stuff out. They're state licensed. More importantly, their mother improved. That's right. That's right. Do you think your mother would have approved? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she would. Of Sunset I, have, I haven't yeah. gotten a tattoo from Sunset Tattoos, but she would approve. I just know it. Yeah. Well, we will, though. Right. Yeah. And I have I have more than one family members, member that have gotten tattoos there. That's right. And it's great work. Good stuff. Yeah. So take that into thought and give them a call. Right. Yeah. And set it up and tell them that we sent you. And then, of course, DEB Concerts. Promoter right here in Tulsa that keeps bringing some great stuff to the IDL and the BOK. Saxon came to the IDL Barm in downtown Tulsa because of DEB concerts. So right. We forever loved them for that. I couldn't believe it. I know. Same with Junkyard and Last in Line, bands that normally probably wouldn't have came to Tulsa if it wasn't for DEB concerts. Exactly. We love Doug. That's right. And they keep bringing them in. They've had some shows obviously get canceled because of the... All the stuff going on with shows not happening, but the Poison, Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer show is postponed. We'll let you know whenever a new date's announced on that. 
But in the meantime, August 15th, Dead Metal Society will be there along with Rocket Science, which is very cool. Both of those bands are great live. And on October 23rd, L.A. Guns will be making their return. The Tracy Guns, Phil Lewis version of L.A. Guns will be making their return to Tulsa. And once they have openers announced for that, we'll let you know as well. Both those shows, you can get tickets online, Stubware or DBConcerts.com. Follow them on Facebook so you don't miss any updates on any future shows and any other announcements like the Poison thing and all that great stuff. And of course, we'll let you know as soon as we find out as well. So once again, thank you to DB Concerts. All right, we're going to play some music before we get into this. And we're going to play a song that we've been meaning to play, but for some reason we haven't yet. But we thought this is a perfect episode because it's Toxic Holocaust and this is a band that fits well in that vein, right? Of course. This band's out of Oklahoma City, and it's kind of a uh, a side project of a few bands in Oklahoma City. A super group of some great Oklahoma City musicians, so to speak. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. But this song is called Rad, and this is Will Grimm Brown. French fries, get it on with Dark Horn, and Death Angel. Yeah, jalapeno or whatever. Philippines, <laughs> 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 look, I'm wearing a Death Angel, yeah, a Death Angel headband, yeah. Will Grimm Brown, Rad, 
That is the initials of Ray Allen Duvall, who if you are from the Oklahoma City area or even Oklahoma area, you probably remember Ray Ray. If you didn't know him personally, you would have recognized him, I promise. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. way you didn't. Yeah. I mean, every show we went to in Oklahoma City that had anything to do with metal, even hard rock shows. For Ray the past Ray. 20 fucking years. Yeah. You always saw Ray Ray yeah. there. For years and years, I just saw him and I'm like, that's that dude. And then it wasn't until the last few years that, you know, I'd talk to him and it's several yeah. of the shows we would go to down there because of the podcast and everything. Yeah. He unfortunately passed away about a year and a half. I mean, I think it was early last year. And actually, they just, this was just the one year anniversary of the the Ray Ray Fest they did in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Or this past week. And I know because I saw the the memories and stuff, like it was happening like while I was out on that tour with Dusty and Sprout. Yeah. But saying there was talk about them doing a, a number two. So I'm sure that probably later this year when they can pack some people into the Diamond Barn or something, they'll be doing another Ray Ray Fest. But this guy, like, epitomized metal and. No better people to bring you a tribute to him than Will Grimm Brown because it features Andy Papadopoulos, the guitarist from Archon, and Jason Voth, the vocalist from Long Pig. Two amazing Oklahoma City bands that we love. Andy has been on this podcast before, and I mean, he's one of the coolest people we've met since we started this podcast oh, five years ago. Definitely. And I know you, you've said in the past that you, you think you're. He's a great dude, but you're a better guitarist than him. And that way you're <laughs> fucking it. insane. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I never said that. Okay? <laughs> right. That guy is probably one of the best guitar players in the fucking state, if not the fucking country. Talk about, and I've said this before, Fingers of Fury. Yeah. I mean, unfucking real what this guy does on the fretboard. It, it's a privilege to be in the presence of it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, check out Will Grimm Brown on Facebook and give him a like. And hopefully they'll be putting out some more stuff here in the future. All right. Toxic Holocaust. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into this? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't, you know, in the way of when this airs and what's going on, I don't know. Fuck, I, I, I'll say it. I don't care. Well, no, I mean. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean. Speaking of that, you're actually on your way to. Houston as this air is probably yeah probably yeah going to we're going to the beach um you know uh we can social distance here we can social distance at the beach fuck it right so we're going and uh you know and so yeah that's that's uh yeah yeah this is coming out good times fun deal it's coming out Thursday June 25th is that when you're on your way or are you leaving Friday I think so really. we're still it's still kind of okay. up in the air if we yeah, want to sure. leave Thursday evening or just Wake up early Friday. I'm not sure, oh, okay. but you know, either way, yeah. Regardless, yeah. There is some 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 ocean water and sand in my future. Yeah. Well, hopefully, while you're down there hanging out, you blast some toxic holocaust in honor of this. Fucking a, Randy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Primal Future 2019 came out in 2019. Great record. Yeah. Towards the end of last year, we talked about it last year when it came out, and then of course. Hearing this interview again, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is a guy that does it all and that's not, you know, just a fancy term, do it all. I mean, he actually did it all on this, on this, uh, this record, this album, he recorded all the instruments, vocals, produced it, everything. Exactly. It, it's, it's, it's basically, if, if, if you're out there being like, I love heavy music, I love thrash, uh, whatever, and then you don't know this shit, then I don't know. 
you suck. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great, I mean, there's kind of, I mean, we've talked about this a few times, there's kind of been a resurgence of thrash over the past decade, really. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like it's been a resurgence as far as in the national spotlight. You know what I mean? Like successful, in, in, like in our scene, in yeah. the subculture or whatever. Yes. Yeah. In the metal world, if you're paying attention to metal, you know, it because yeah. you've got what Battlecross, power trip, havoc, mm-hmm. toxic Holocaust. Right. I feel like there's another big one. Oh, yeah. Municipal waste, obviously. Right. But yeah, there's, I mean, there, and there's obviously a ton more. But yeah, I mean, so it, it's just cool to to be able to talk to one of the masterminds of that whole resurgence, in my opinion. So, should we just jump into it? I think so. All right, here's Joel Grind, of Toxic Holocaust. You know, it's funny, like, I, I thought maybe because of, you know, just because of just the uh, the landscape of it, of it right now, that maybe that stuff would have slowed down because, you know, when there's bands not really on the road, they're not really in a rush to make records. But it seems like, you know, either there's been a bunch of bands like kind of finishing up albums that have been coming to me or um, even ones just, uh, you know, on the on the starting processes of albums have been reaching out saying they want to work with me. So. It's 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 definitely been good for that. Um, you know, the the t- flip side of that is, we had some tours that we were going to do with Toxic that uh, ended up getting canceled. But it's, it's you know, as long as everyone's staying safe, that's okay. That's all that really matters. Right. We'll we'll get back to it. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might be a little bit slow paced getting in there, but I think it'll eventually kick back full swing, and you know, it might make the fans a little bit even hungrier for live music you know yeah but when you say bands reach out to you for the starting process is that is that the way you generally do it where it's online digital like you know where you're not face to face does it make it harder or easier in this kind of situation um yeah i would say probably 90 percent of my work is, is is done uh basically through the internet um people send me tracks and you know, they send me some notes and w- what they want it to sound like and things like that. It's been great for the fact that I can work with bands all over the world. You know, it's like it's pretty awesome that the technology today allows that kind of stuff. You know, when I started the band, I could have never imagined <laughs> being able to even like do a record like, you know, on a laptop, you know, like laptops weren't even fast enough. then. But now to even be able to send full tracks to be mixed and mastered and stuff online is just it's incredible it's it's really cool so that's that's i think why it hasn't really affected my work as much because it, it isn't face-to-face as much so you know that's it, it's it's definitely uh it worked out well for that was there anything you're working on right now that you can speak on or uh i'm working on a band right now called Neverfall. i just finished them up today um it's really cool uh I actually wasn't familiar with the band until um, I started work with them, but it's really cool. Um, yeah, that it's cool because I, I get to hear bands, uh, you know, 
from bands that are more established that you know people know well like exhumed and midnight and stuff like that to bands that are just starting you know it's like it, it varies all over the map and i found out about some really cool bands that way it's it's pretty i'm pretty fortunate to be in that position to kind of be at the forefront of like a lot of these bands starting starting up and you know i find out about a lot of cool shit that way say you're producing you know a toxic holocaust album are you able to look at it differently like kind of from an outside perspective the way you would if it was another band uh i try to but it doesn't always work that way um (laughs) It's really hard to be subjective sometimes when it's your own stuff. Uh, my method now, after just doing this long enough, is the way I kind of do it is I'll write a bunch of music and then I'll start working on what I think will be the album. And then I'll usually write more than what I need to and you know record some more stuff than I, maybe I need to and give it some time and then i listen back with some fresh ears and then kind of assess from there i find that just doing it with with you know fresh ears is kind of like being impartial because sometimes you can work on stuff so fast that you kind of forget what you did and it's good to kind of (laughs) just it's hard to explain but when you hear it for the first time again you can it really the stuff that is not working really sticks out like a sore thumb then, you know, when you hear something enough, you kind of get used to it and you can get used to the mistakes or like the things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily like if you heard it for the first time. But if you hear it enough, you can kind of just get used to it and look past it. But when you listen to it for the first time in a long time, you kind of go, Oh yeah, that (laughs) that's why that part was bugging me. You know, when I first started writing this, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's kind of how I, how I've been rolling now with that kind of thing is, is do, doing it that way. You know, on, on this new record, Primal Future 2019, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, you did everything, all the instruments yourself. Uh, do, do you enjoy that process more uh, or can it get overwhelming? Um, it was kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of both actually. Um, it's funny. That's how I, I did the first few albums when I first started the band and the demos and stuff like that. And, Back in 2013, right around the time I did Chemistry of Consciousness, um, I did a record called Yellow Goat, and I did that solo. And the Chemistry of Consciousness record was done with like the, the band at the time. Um, and when I did Yellow Goat, the, the fans were saying, we'd love to hear a to- another Toxic record like that, kind of like throw back to your roots kind of thing. And just you know, with everything happening with like being 20, the 20th anniversary and everything else, I figured, you know, now would be the time to kind of try that again. And, uh, coming back to that really kind of almost like kickstarted my, almost rejuvenated my, my passion for the band. Not saying that I didn't have it like anymore, but it was just like something where you kind of, if you go back to almost like that, like youthful kind of, (laughs) just like beginning stages again, it kind of like goes, Oh yeah, this is why I started the band. You know, it's like, this is, this was really fun process for me. And so long, like kind of long winded answer, but yeah, like that, that was something that I I had a a lot of fun with, but it definitely became overwhelming sometimes when, you know, the deadlines started approaching and things like that. And I'm like, Oh man, I still have so much more to do, but um, yeah, like I, I feel like almost in a way that I might be doing more stuff like that with toxic just because it, it was kind of like almost like a blast from the past, but you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
you know, of all those playing instruments and, and the recording, the producing, what do you feel is that you, that you're strongest at when it comes to all that? Hmm. I would say probably guitar. Um, that's, that's probably where I'm, I'm strongest at for like instrument wise, but I, I would say in general, probably just like maybe like songwriting. Um, I never really fancied myself as being like really like, like virtuoso or instrument that, you know, like really into like playing instruments. It's just kind of, I know enough to get by and I get, I know enough so I can convey the songs that I want to write, you know, and that's, that's mainly why I started learning other instruments. I started out on drums, but I learned guitar and stuff like that just so I could write songs. And that was what I really wanted to do. You know, like it's, it's great being like an awesome musician and like, I love, you know, shredding guitar players just as much as the next guy. But if, if you don't have a good song to back it up, it's really in a way pointless. Yeah. Well, I kind of noticed on Primal Future that your vocals seemed a tad bit higher than they previously had. Was that something that just naturally happened or was that like a calculated, you know, idea? It was something that basically with, with doing this record, I wanted to do something. I don't want to say polar opposite from the last record, Chemistry, but just something different than the last record because I really, when I did chemistry, I really liked the way that record turned out. And it was actually tough for me to think about doing another record after that, because I kind of felt like I achieved what I wanted to achieve with the band. So I figured if I was going to do another record, I have to be something different, you know, like I didn't want to do the same record again, you know? So it was kind of something that I, originally when going into it i knew i wanted to do longer songs a little bit more you know bigger arrangements like more you know like more epic parts in the middle things like that like I, which i haven't really explored before i would always do like minute and a half two minute long songs which i love still you know my attention span isn't that long so <laughs> i like those <laughs> i like those quick quick songs too but um i wanted to do something a little different so i wanted to expand the arrangements and what came with that was also like I hate to use this word melodic, but I, you know, I wanted to explore melody a little bit more. So I guess that's kind of where the higher vocals came in. I tried doing the normal, like more Tom Angel reverse awesome type vocals like I normally do on this stuff. And it just didn't sound as good to me, you know, with this kind of music, you know, it just didn't seem like it fit as much. So that, that was kind of my, my thinking at the time of why I think that's why the vocals kind of went in that direction. I've always thought your, you know, your lyrics are always relevant, important. Do you like map out that kind of stuff beforehand? Like, do you ever write lyric wise before you have the music, or does it come afterwards? Lyrics usually come afterwards, um, but I don't shy away from changing the music if there's a part that you know I think would fit better lyrically. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, I think sometimes get stuck with. They write the music and then they have to shoehorn the vocals into whatever music they write. Whereas I'll write the music and then I might love the, the music by itself. But then when I start putting vocals in there, I realize, you know, honestly, like this part would be better if it was shorter or, you know, this riff was a little different, which maybe changes the way the music was to begin with. But it helps, helps the overall song, you know, when everything is more cohesive as opposed to just, you know, kind of fitting lyrics into a, a spot that maybe, you know, maybe wouldn't 
sound as good just because you are like tied to the riff like that much, you know? So with the lyrics, you know, I, I usually come up with the music and then I, I just kind of think of an overall general topic of what I would like the song to be about. And then it kind of just starts to flow, you know, it's, it's weird. It's hard to know where create, you know, inspiration comes from or anything creative comes from, you know, it's just sometimes things just start to, you come on, you come across one sentence that you really like, and then the rest of the song kind of just happens from there. To that, who are some of your favorite lyricists? I've always liked, you know, James Hetfield. I always liked the lyrics for that stuff because I was always impressed because they can do like a song, you know, they can do an eight, nine, ten minute long song. And it's like a lot of lyrics, but they're still catchy. You know, like you, you know, Master of Puppets, for instance, it's like that song is like, what, nine minutes long or something, maybe longer. And it's like, you know, it's just the lyrics are awesome catchy and you know memorable you know and that's that that i drew a lot of inspiration from that i I always wanted to do something where you know it's it's not necessarily uh you know like i i don't like to be very obvious about what i'm talking about all the time i like sometimes to leave it to interpretation i think that's something for me that's important because it's it's kind of boring if you're just told exactly (laughs) what the song is about or you know exactly what you should think or what i think or anything like that i I like leaving it open for interpretation Uh, yeah that that way the the listener can maybe apply it to themselves a little bit a little bit more exactly i think it brings a little bit more personal Mm -hmm. you know you bring something more personal back from it speaking of metallica you did those uh they grinded down editions of hardwired and dystopia for megadeth (laughs) like yeah whenever you set down to do that like how do you approach that when you're condensing everything down so the way i I thought about those records were i really liked both of those records it wasn't an insult to either of those records i actually really liked them um and they're as a testament to that is why i decided to work on those records because i just kind of filtered through the way if those were toxic records kind of that was my sensibility (laughs) like added to those records you know where the songs are way shorter you know like um it was just something that like, like hardwired, for instance, instead of being, you know, a double record, it was a single record, you know, and it was way shorter. A lot of the songs are cut down and I kind of just took the, uh, the, the riffs that I thought were the best out of it and kind of just built from there. But, um, the Megadeth thing, I just, it, again, it wasn't an insult to <laughs> Dave or anything, but I made it instrumental just because I parts where, for instance, like in the song Wake Up Dead, I loved the part where it's just them rocking out. And it's like, because Wake Up Dead barely has any lyrics. You know, it's just a couple verses and then a couple choruses and then it's just rocking out for the rest of the song. Yeah. And I always loved that. I always thought Megadeth was so killer at doing those kind of riffs and all the solos and shit like that. Like, So I kind of wanted to see what it would sound like if the new Megadeth record was just instrumental. So that that was my <laughs> thinking on that. <laughs> I, I wish they were still up. <laughs> yeah, I got I got multiple copyright strikes on YouTube for that. <laughs> it wasn't even like a uh, like I didn't even monetize them, but I actually got copyright strikes on them. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna lose my YouTube channel if I leave these up. So <laughs> I mean, that, that that would be very cool. I wish I could keep them up because I think they're the you know obviously it's not the band pulling those down it's the labels with the uh you know the algorithms being able to tell that those songs are 
matching their ID or whatever. But um, it'd be cool because it was it was honestly it was it was done as a tribute, not not as a yeah. you know this you know this this is how it should be because you know you know whatever like it's it's not like an ego trip like I thought like I could do a better job. It was just something that like it would be fun to do that, and I thought the you know people that are into those bands would probably think it was fun to hear different versions of them. Well, if, if you want to email us the, the files, we wouldn't be offended. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I might actually still have those in my Dropbox. I might be able to send those to you. <laughs> is there any, you know, on that subject? Is there any other albums that you would be interested in doing that to? Um, I always thought it would be cool to do something like, uh, like Sepultura Rise. Even though I, I think that's an awesome record. I think that's like probably <laughs> as close to a flawless record as you can get. But um, I, I thought it would be cool to make all those songs because there's so many awesome riffs on that record. I thought it would be cool to kind of turn that into like a Rain in Blood where the songs are just like very short and it's just like the cream of the crop riffs like without a lot of the ambient stuff that they are doing on the record you know which I, I think is really cool i think it sets the tone for the record and everything but i thought it would just be fun to kind of make that you know like a rain and blood basically well kind of on a on a different subject you've uh, you know with toxic holocaust you've got a great logo and that's kind of been a you know going back to the 80s thrash bands they've all got great logos are there any of them that's like your favorite throughout the years oh man um there's a lot, man. Um, I always liked Sodom's logo. It, I think it's just, you know, it's it's just classic looking. It just, it, it just, I think it's especially because of the name. You know, the the way it's just a simple name, and you know, I unfortunately I missed the time period where you could name your band like a thing like Death or Sodom <laughs> right. or something like that. Like yeah. it's hard, it's hard to find a name that isn't taken now. That's like a single thing, but. Um, I think that's just a classic one. Of course, you know, Metallica, that's just, you know, so iconic. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's so many of it, but, uh, <sighs> hmm. I'm trying to think of like some of my absolute favorites, like that really stick out. I mean, Destruction, that's such a cool logo. That's, that's where the, the 3D version, the 3D part of the Toxic logo came from, is this Destruction, you know? Like, I wanted something like, it's just a complete rip off of that, because I, I love the 3D <laughs> look of that, you know? <laughs> did you, well, did you draw your own logo back then, or did you have someone do it? No, uh, this guy named Zach did it, he, from San Diego, um, did it years ago, and uh, we were basically, um, you know, passing ideas back and forth and you know the destruction 3d part was definitely mentioned in there i was like we got to make it 3d like that so. <laughs> well on a, another completely different note recently we had florida frank from hate breed on the podcast oh yeah yeah we told you know i mentioned to him that we were scheduled to talk to you and he said to say hey and then to ask you about drinking around the world at walt disney world <laughs> Oh man. So my, like a little short story about, about that leading up to it. Um, my family lives in Florida, like my mom and dad and stuff live down there. So I went down to, to visit them. Uh, Frank lives in Orlando and my parents don't live that far from there. So we, I went to hang with him and, uh, yeah, we, we had a pretty raging night the night before we went to go see motorhead. Got really wasted that night, woke up completely hungover and then went to go, to Epcot to drink 
at every single country around the world, you know, like they have different countries for that. And everyone has their own special drink. And we, we did every single country in Epcot and had a drink. And man, we were so fucking hammered at the end of that. It was great though, man. Like it was funny. We were we, like the, the way that they started is we, like I said, we were so hungover from the motorhead show the night before that we were looking for very like, slow and just easy going at Epcot so we could take a nap on it. <laughs> that's, that's how hungover we were. We were looking for a place that we could hide basically and take a nap. <laughs> was it like a was it a decent sized group of you? Because he, he had mentioned that he's done it a ton of times with different groups. Oh yeah, he's like a pro man. He, yeah. like he does that all the time. He has like he has their like their own t shirts, everything like that. It's like a whole thing. When we did it was just him and I, but oh, okay. um yeah, the, like the, I, I've seen pictures of him go and do that with like you know twenty people. It's it's nuts. Right. Kind of on a, a final question, you've like you talked about all the production work up front, but outside of that, like how have you been passing time during the whole shelter in place kind of quarantine of the past couple months, like on a personal level? <laughs> that's a pretty boring answer, but a lot of uh, home improvements and yard work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's me too. Just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's honestly, it's a good time to do it because the weather's getting nicer here and, uh, you know, there's nothing else to do. So it's nice to, to fix up your house, you know, might as well. There's really no excuses <laughs> right now. You can't like say, uh, I can't do that now because of this. It's like there really is no excuse. So just basically that's <laughs> I figured now's the time to do it. <laughs> right on, man. Well, we thank thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. There you go, Joel Grind. A huge thank you to Liz from EarSplit PR for her continued support of this podcast. And, of course, a major thank you to Joel Grind for taking some time to talk to us there. Definitely. And, hey, I'll just say it because what's it really matter. But we kind of joked about it in the episode. But then I messaged him later and said, <laughs> hey, here's our email if you want to send us the Metallica and the Megadeth. Right. Grinded down stuff that we talked about. <laughs> and he's he messaged back later and said he looked through his hard drives and couldn't find it. So hopefully, <laughs> hey, one day we'll hear it somehow. Yeah, hopefully, one day it resurfaces and he gets that right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I'm like, I would really love to hear that. Because uh, I mean, we've talked about before the Saint Anger thing that those guys did a few years ago, where they oh man, the Sa- hashtag Saint Anger 2015. Yeah, or was it 2015? Okay, it's been that yeah. long ago. Yeah. Just. Just it, just some dudes who know who knows who the fuck. I think they they're are. from England or something. Yeah, but just search like on YouTube or wh- wherever hashtag Saint Anger twenty fifteen and you'll yeah. see it and it's pretty fucking awesome. It's the same kind of concept we talked about with the grinded down thing, right? That Joel did. It's like they basically took Saint Anger and condensed some of the songs, took out parts they thought were frivolous, I guess, and then just yeah. You know, cut it down and also obviously made the drums sound what yeah. you would hope the drums sounded like. And you know, like drums. <laughs> right. Not like tin cans or whatever. Right. So, and I mean, that was really cool to be able to hear that way. So I'd love to be able to hear Joel Grind's interpretation of something by Metallica oh, totally. and Megadeth, you know. Totally. But yeah, speaking of Megadeth, if you're a fan of Joel Grind and you're listening, this first time listening, you might like to know that Dave Elfson has been on this podcast. Exactly. And guess what? Chris Broderick who was the one-time guitarist of Megadeth, has been on here as well. He's now in In Flames. Yep. We've also had on James Lomenzo, who was the bass player for a while whenever Dave Elfson wasn't. Exactly. James Lomenzo, of course, 
from Black Label Society, White Lion, John Fogarty fame. Dig back through these past episodes. We've also had on guys from Battlecross, Insight, Seven Dust, Crowbar, Prong, COC. Haunt? Yeah, that's another one that fits well with. It fits great with this. Yeah. And the best thing about Haunt is we literally had to say, hey, how you doing today? And he just went. Yeah. It's 45 minutes of us talk. Me and Jason probably talked about a minute and a half. Exactly. Like, <laughs> fuck questions. Every question we had, he just answered it and whatever he said. So go back and listen to that. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, we're not saying that negatively. Oh, not at all. I mean, because no. everything he said was worth saying. Exactly. It's just, it just one of those episodes where it's like, this guy can talk and it's cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, that's a band that if you're not familiar with Haunt, you're listening to this because you like Toxic Holocaust. I mean, they're not straight up thrash like that, but they've also, they've got the old school metal. Yeah, they're more of an old school new wave of British heavy metal retro, like Night Demon-y kind of thing. Speaking of, Night Demon's been on here. Yeah, they've been on here three times. Multiple times, yeah. Scattered Hamlet, who isn't really in that style, has been on here a bunch. And I just mentioned that because <laughs> Adam Joad has finally brought back the, the YouTube show. He oh, does. yeah. He, oh, I meant to go watch that earlier today. I saw it. And I was like, I'm going to watch this on lunch, and I totally forgot. Well, by the time this airs, you will have seen it. Yes, because he he did he put out a video of his top five most hated musical genres. Yeah. And we have to watch this shit. Right. And that's what Joe's, you know, been doing over the past year, put out episodes where he just, like, has a countdown of, like, the five best of something or the five worst of something. Right. And it's Adam Jodes, so he could be talking about anything, and it'll be worth listening to. Right. So check that out as well. And, of course, there's been guys from Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Shine Down on here. So check all that stuff out. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground. You can also hear it on pretty much everywhere podcasts are heard except for Spotify. Get on our website, BeThunderUnderground.com. You can listen there. You can also find all our socials. And then follow us, subscribe, and like us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're always posting stuff unique to each of those that aren't on the others. So, and anything you see that you want to share, like, retweet, comment, whatever that platform allows, we would appreciate it because that stuff truly does help. It helps the quote unquote algorithms spread the shit around when you comment or like. So, do us a favor and do that. All right. I guess that covers it for another episode. We've got coming up shortly Brandon Cook from Loyal Order. Black and Blue, V from Violent Idols, PJ Farley from Trickster and Raw, and of course some other great stuff coming soon. Once again, thank you to Joel Grind of Toxic Holocaust, Med Farm, DB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Till next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.